Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico to be exact, and we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole, and welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Kate. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm thinking we're going to alternate. You get in there first one episode, and I'll get in there first another episode. Okay. I'm I'm going to roll out the red carpet for you. <laughs> <laughs> fancy. Uh, yeah, fancy, fancy. I know that we are both very excited for today's episode. Today is another one of our special guest episodes, and today we are inviting Cara Lamorado on the mic to chat with us about having kids and running a business. She is an extra special guest, Kate. Why? Yes, she is. Something unique about this episode and this guest, Kara's my sister. Hey, for siblings. <laughs> We've been talking about having her on for such a long time, actually. I'm very happy that we're making it happen because... I have admired Kara my entire life. She's older than I am, two and a half years older. We are best friends. And my admiration for her was taken to all new levels when she became a mother, quit her job, and started her own business. And what I love about Kara so much beyond like the million things that she's my sister and she's awesome and she's caring and loving and smart and just all the things, she's such an incredible mother. She always puts her family first. Um, she still manages to run a successful business. And so we thought that she'd just be a perfect fit to join us on the mic today to talk about having kids and running a business. Now, Nicole, I know that you've spent a good amount of time with my sister as well, and I'd love to hear what you have to add before we invite Cara on the mic. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to Cara. Oh, it's been a while, though, since I last saw yeah, her Yeah, talk about a lot of time, mm, right? I know. <laughs> and everything you said about her is so true. What's always struck me about her is she's so chill. She's so calm. And Again, it was a long time ago since I saw her in person and she had two little toddlers in tow and she was just so cool, calm, collected. So I wonder, <laughs> I'm just like, is that, a, is that an accurate description of her? Like she's a very chilled out person. She is very chill. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've got questions about you guys as kids. So <laughs> we might save those um, for, for our conversation. But um, yeah, she just radiates positivity, health and you know, the two of you, so incredibly fit. I just admire Aww. you both for that. There must be something in the Ericsson genes there. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, but when I think about like Kara and what she does for her business, which we'll talk about, right? Her wedding planning podcast and online course, her Etsy shop, all of that. I think that trait of being very calm and very, you know, 
organized and even keel is really key. So I can't imagine Kara as someone who'd get frazzled or <laughs> lose it in some way, but, you know, cause she seems like someone who has it all, but I'm sure there are moments that, you know, she's probably lost a little bit of her cool or there's been some frustrations managing all of this, a family. And I think this is the thing that I know our listener friends are going to be very interested in because they could be in the same situation, juggling work, juggling a family, juggling a business, juggling kids, all of that. Um, so very excited to hear her perspective because that's not a perspective I can offer. Yeah. And not to mention like the household too, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many different aspects to managing, uh, like overall managing a family business life. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Although I've definitely seen Cara lose her cool, but I'm excited to hear from her what those moments are and how she overcomes them because she does recover very quickly. I feel like she has just this attitude and this mindset of like, this is the situation and I've either got to find my way through it or sit here and be, you know, angry, frustrated, mm. whatever about it. And I'm going to choose to get through it. So I'm excited to have a chat with her about that for sure. Me too. All right. Shall we bring her on? Yes. Let's get Car on the mic. Cara, we are so excited to have you here with us and our friends today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a huge, huge pleasure and joy to sit down with the two of you and chat. And thank you so much for having me on and the opportunity to share all things children and business and life and friendship and all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely going to get into all of that. But I, I've got, you know, like it's been a minute, Kara, since I've seen you. And um, I actually want to know a little bit about Kate and Kara as, as, as little ones. Did you guys have a fight? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get straight into the hard questions because I can't yeah. see you guys are such besties. Did you actually fight though when you were, when you were little? I would say pretty sparingly. We definitely got into it every once in a while, but it wasn't like, I don't remember it being a regular thing. Do you, Car? No, I can remember some like elementary year, you know, back and forth, just giving each other a hard time. But I feel like once we entered maybe teenager years, just to generalize, we were just best buds. I mean, we did everything together. We shared friends, we shared experiences, all the fun high school stuff, the college stuff. And then, I mean, it was just off to the races. Like, I feel like we've been really, really close. Yeah, I think I think a big part of that was the fact that we were... So we're two and a half years apart. And in school grades, we were always two grades apart. So we were like close enough that we could share friends and relate to one another and not like far enough apart that, um, you know, we just completely didn't want to hang out with each other. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I think about like me and my brother. So we're three and a half years apart. And mm. I think I do remember wishing I had a sister at one point. I hope he's not listening, but cause <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, Francis, <laughs> sorry, Francis, but um, we, and we're super close now. And I think when we were really little, like primary school, elementary school age, we were really, really close. We probably, you know, separated a little bit and we were a bit more 
bickery in um when we were in high school so kind of you know not mm. like you not like you guys and then i'd say once we'd both finished high school university um then we became really close and and to this day we're we're super close so it's a di- maybe it's, it's, an it's a boy girl thing i think it's an interesting dynamic like i think yeah. a brother sister i mean i always wondered what it would be like to have a sister totally yeah. Okay. Well, Cara, let's get into the topic at hand. Thank you, Nicole, for exposing our <laughs> our backgrounds. I really threw um, Cara for a loop there. <laughs> <laughs> um, today, what we are extra excited to chat with you about, Cara, is one having kids, two running a business, three how you possibly make all of that work with such poise and ease and in the intro Nicole was talking about just how calm, cool and collected you are at all times and I said, "Okay, well, I've seen Cara lose it a couple of times." <laughs> um but rightly so. I mean, you are managing so much in your life yet you still manage to have it all is is what it feels and seems like but i want to go back to before you even had kids you're so here's another funny coincidence my husband's name is john and car's husband's name is john as well so we'll try and <laughs> specify <laughs> so is john did, kate's john car is john yeah did you and your john did you guys always know that you wanted to have kids? Was that a super clear decision for you guys? Or was there back and forth about that? Well, first of all, just to um, clarify the, you know, the image of the duck in the pond and the legs are like flailing underwater madly, (laughs) but the duck looks like it's just like sailing along. No big deal. Um, That's pretty much a summary of how I feel most of the time. Mm. (laughs) So Thank you for an amazing and incredible compliment. That's an incredible compliment. But as we all do, it's, you know, a a daily struggle in the background. Um, In terms of our decision to have children, there was never a question of not having children. So I guess to put it another way, we always... From the time we were dating, we always knew that we wanted to have a family. And we, you know, I mean, so much of that is not in your hands. Um, mm-hmm. I, so many people have experienced, you know, loss and heartbreak and the inability to conceive a child in the first place. And we were, you know, very aware of that possibility. But again, we kind of went into it with our hearts open to wanting to have children and then knowing that that may not be a possibility and just, you know, agreeing that we would move forward and cross that bridge if we had to. Mm. Now, I know that like timing can't be, you know, so super planned out given everything that you just mentioned, but did you guys kind of have a timeline in mind in terms of how long you wanted to, you know, just enjoy married life together and like when that ideal time to have kids would be? Kate, we've talked about this a lot um, in the past, but I think that subconsciously so much of that unfolded based on an example that we were given by mom and dad growing up and our grandparents always joked with us 
And in hindsight, I don't know if it really was a joke, but we kind of thought it was a joke. Gosh, and until now, like I agree totally. with you. Now I'm like, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> totally, totally. But the mantra growing up was you are not to get married until you're 30. And it sounds, you know, it sounds silly to even say it out loud, but this is literally something that our grandparents would say at least one time in every interaction we had with them. Like what telephone do you think- call. What do you think that I, was? What were they trying to... What was there? My gosh. I mean, again, looking back on it as a kid, you don't really read into it the same way you do as an adult. But so much of that, I agree. I mean, it's not for everyone. I don't want to generalize. I don't want to say that you, you know, everyone works on the same time frame and timetable. But I didn't have the maturity as a 20-year-old or a 25-year-old even to commit to a lifelong relationship. And I see that now. And thankfully, you know, things panned out the way they did. You can't go back and change the way it all unfolded. Um, but I, I do feel like subconsciously, I really internalized that message to wait until I was 30. And again, that sounds like completely arbitrary, kind of silly to even say it out loud. But to get anyway, to backtrack and get really specific, um, I was almost 30 when we got married. And we had kind of discussed wanting to be, I guess, on the younger end of parents Mm-hmm. Which again, you know, this is all relative. This is not the same timetable doesn't work for everyone. And, you know, who's to say that 30 is a young parent or 30 is an ancient parent, it could be looked at <laughs> either way. But anyway, we knew, I feel like early on, it was our plan to go ahead and dive in, get married and just dive into parenthood and having a baby. But again, so many unknowns, because looking at it, you know, you can be 30 and you can want to have a baby more than anything in the world, but the universe can have a completely different plan. It takes, you know, couples, two years, five years, 10 years Mm -hmm. to conceive children and sometimes never. So I guess, in summary, (laughs) very very long-winded way of saying we just kind of wanted to, you know, get started on that new chapter together. And as I look back, we met in 2006. We moved in together in 2008, got engaged in nine and got married in 10. And our daughter was born in 12. So I mean, that's such an accelerated time frame. looking back on it. But at the time, it it didn't feel that way. It just felt like we were being, you know, very intentional and putting one foot in front of the other. And this is the next thing we want to do together. And we just really never questioned yeah. it. Were you both in, in, in jobs while when your first baby was born? Yeah, we were. So John, my husband, my husband, John, not to be confused, (laughs) or my son, more on that in a minute. (laughs) So my husband, John is from Michigan, and he had moved to San Diego, where I live and lived at the time, 
uh, back in 2008. So he started a job here in 2008. He's a high school teacher at a private all-boys school. And at the time, I was working a corporate job in banking. Oh, that's a similarity between you guys. You're both in finance. Mm. I, did, I did not know that. Back in the, the previous life, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were both working those jobs. Um, like as your John moved out, you guys got married. You guys are in those jobs. And when you got pregnant with your first Stella, you were both in those jobs. We were both in those jobs. And the game plan at that moment in time, so this is 2011, and the game plan was that everyone just business as usual. I was going to take a maternity leave and have, you know, have Stella and take as much time off as I could, but I was going to go back to that corporate job. And we literally never, never even discussed anything else. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. So what, like, what changed? Did it change? While you were pregnant, did it change after Stella was born? Because you do end up leaving your job to start your business. The business that you're still running today, which by the way, massive kudos and congratulations. That's incredible. <laughs> so when did that kind of hit you that you're like, all right, this is not feasible. I'm not staying at this job. Um, it's hard for me to even talk about all of that. I get so emotional um, thinking of Stella being born and it just like changed our, it literally changed everything um, so quickly and just the way you, we looked at life and the way we looked at our time and our priorities and just everything. It was it was something about becoming a mother that I was a million percent just unprepared for. Uh, and I don't know that anyone can prepare for something that's so unknown other than having, you know, seen close friends and family go through it, which I didn't really do because I feel like I was the first of our really, really close friends to have a baby. And it was just you and I, and you hadn't had a baby yet. So, <laughs> and we have a very small family in terms of, you know, cousins and um, other family members. So that was just such a, I was floored by her. And to answer your question about, you know, the job and work and how that all came about, I was able to take a five month maternity leave which here in the States is pretty generous. And some of that was, I believe it was unpaid, actually. I don't know. I'd have to go dig up the details. But anyway, I took as much legally protected time off from my job as I possibly could, like milked every single day. <laughs> <laughs> and when it came time to go back as scheduled, it just... I've told this story before where I was nursing Stella and my boss had called and we had had kind of a verbal loose agreement of, you know, oh, when you come back, things are going to be super flexible and you can work from home and you can work remotely. And this is back in 2012 when that was not a thing <laughs> at yeah. all. So anyway, we are having this conversation as I'm nursing her in her little bedroom and 
my boss is just like, yeah, that no, you're going to need to be in the office nine hours a day and it's eight to five and that flexibility. You know, we again, we had talked about it. There's no like formal written agreement or written outline structuring the conditions of my return. So uh, it was just a bombshell. Like, no, you're not going to be able to do any of that. You're going to need to come back into the office. And I started sobbing as soon as I hung up the phone from that conversation. And it was like this incredibly overwhelming mixture of being so mad and so sad and just not knowing what the hell we were going to do because it was crystal clear. Like it was a very defining moment. It was just crystal clear in that instant that there was no way in hell I was going to go back to that job long term. It was one of the biggest blessings of my life because had that conversation not gone that way, I don't know that I would have, you know, taken such a sharp left turn and gone down this other beautiful path that has just proven to be everything that is today and everything that I love and brings me joy and our family. It's just, it's been absolutely incredible. And we'll get to um, talk about this next chapter and this next journey that you went on. But before that, were there any, what were the conversations with your John about the discussion about not going back or he couldn't leave his job, right? That wasn't an option. No, that wasn't an option. And that day, that, you know, that moment, that phone call, and when I was sobbing, he came home to me crying uh, with Stella in the rocking chair. And um, he, bless him, I mean, he is such a wonderful man. And he knew, I don't, despite listening to me right now, I don't get emotional about a lot of things (laughs) in my life. Um, my children are something that I, you know, gets me every time. And John knows that about me. So to walk into me just absolutely sobbing in a room by myself, he knew, um, you know, how important it was for our new family that we needed to figure out another solution. I mean, again, at the time, I'm just, I'm having flashes before me paying someone you know, daycare and having my baby sitting in her little chair at daycare and just, I I don't know, it made me very sad. It made me very sad. And I mean, there's so much else to go into. The cost of daycare is just absolutely, that's a whole other, you know, topic, the lack of resources for new families and the economic impact of that, to say nothing of the emotional impact, which I don't feel like I'm articulating very well right now. It's definitely a real pain point here in Australia too, like the cost of daycare. Mm-hmm. It, it almost becomes this, you know, this you have to choose. Well, that's exactly what it was. And again, maybe that was a blessing because if we had had a subsidized form of childcare like there is in, you know, other parts of the world, which I think is a huge blessing for certain parents. But if that had been available, then again, things would have gone an entirely different course. But in that moment, it was very, very clear to both of us that I would essentially be going back to work to it wasn't, you know, apples to apples, but so much of my salary would have in turn gone right back in to paying someone else to be with my daughter for the majority of her waking hours. 
as a baby. And I just, I personally, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I didn't want to do it. And it was a very firm, very clear choice between the two of us. So, you know, for him to see immediately that we needed to find a, you know, another solution for all of it, that was a big, a big revelation for him as well as for myself. Did you love your job, the the work that you were doing? At opposite of loved my job. I was so checked out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not love my job at all. And as a matter of fact, I mean, not to bring in like the other topic, but they're so intertwined. I had on the side, starting in 2011, I guess I had started tinkering with like, what are some other ways that I can make money? Not like, how can I be a millionaire? Or like, you know, how can I quit my day job? It wasn't like that at the time. It was literally just like, what would be some ways that I could just make some extra money to like, go on a long weekend trip with Kate or go out to a fancy brunch with girlfriends and um, so I had the seeds had been planted, even though I didn't really know it at the time, uh, to start a business of my own. So to flash forward and kind of bring it all together, that's where we turned in that moment of Stella being five months old and holy crap, what am I going to do? I can't go back to this job. I refuse to go back to this job. And so how am I going to turn that little seedling fledgling business that I had kind of started to conceptualize? How was I going to turn that into a full-time equivalent income for our new family? So that became the new task at hand. And I will say that I am incredibly, I guess stubborn is stubborn. Um, I just once I get my mind set on an idea, I will not let it go. I'm like the bad doggy that like won't drop their chew toy. <laughs> like I will not get over it easily. Is that true, Kay? Can ask you, Gus. <laughs> it's definitely true of Gus. I could see that about Kara. I would say I would I would add to that though, like very determined. Like when you set your mind to something, I would say you're very determined. Um, and, and that kind of was being brought up for me as you're describing this because you were such like an inspiration and a ringleader in our group of friends. Like you mentioned it before. I mean, you were kind of the first, you were the first to start a family. You were the, well, I guess you weren't the first to get married, but very close. Um, and you were the first to start your own business and to go out on your own. So not only are you making these huge life decisions and these big moves that had to have been um, scary or, you know, intimidating, or you have no idea what's going to happen. Like you're doing all of this and you don't have anyone else around you who has been there who can say like, Oh, don't worry. Like this is going to be fine. Um, thankfully you have an incredibly supportive husband. And I, I can imagine that he, I know that he was supportive of you making you guys making that decision together for you to not go back to your job for you to try and start your own business, which you've very successfully done. But what was that like from a stand, from the standpoint of having kids when nobody else was there yet? Oh my gosh, it feels like such a long time ago. It Stella, my daughter is 
10 and a half right now. So we're talking like back 10 years, which seems like a lifetime. It was, I feel like people kind of like to embrace the, oh, you can have children and nothing has to change and everything can stay the same. And, you know, you can just carry on life as normal with babies. And I didn't experience that. (laughs) Yeah. Because our life, I mean, again, at that point, like maybe take the window of time from like 25 years old to 30 years old, we were very social, very outbound people. And we love to camp and we love to take trips together. Kate and my friends and I, we would all camp together all the time. And we loved, oh my God, Gosh, we love to go to the bar. I we were so <laughs> not over it. <laughs> so not over it. I mean, we had in a responsible so way. Fun, totally responsible way as, <laughs> you know, in a 20-year-old responsible way, whatever that is. It's kind of an oxymoron, I guess. But um, yeah, to to all of the sudden have a baby, things changed very quickly and obviously things had changed, you know, prior to Stella arriving. It's not like I was at the bar when I was pregnant. Um, So, you know, there was a runway of say like two years, call it. I feel like when John and I got married in 2010, that's kind of when the brakes were pumped on all of that. And I kind of, you know, stepped into like a different um, chapter of life. Whereas uh, most of my close friends hadn't really taken that step back. <laughs> well, you were 30, right? And you're, as your grandparents predicted, it's time to get serious now. 30. <laughs> We've arrived yes. in the moment yes, of maturity. I was, they would be so happy to know that I followed all of their direction. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Like, I know that, of course, everything changes. I mean, you have a completely different um, schedule. You're on different routine as you mentioned before, your priorities drastically change. Did you struggle with like any type of like sense of self, self identity? Like, wait a second, I used to do all these things and now I'm doing totally different things postpartum. Like what were some of those, if you don't mind sharing things that like maybe you weren't expecting that all of a sudden were like, whoa. Yeah. Um, Definitely all of those things Um, with, you know, it's, it's funny when I was looking over our discussion points and thinking about like what, what changed after you had kids and looking back, you know, 10 years ahead now, it's hard to even pick out what changed because it's like everything changed, but at the same time, we, John and I weren't married for 10 years before we had children. So it was kind of like getting married was kind of our just transition into a new chapter. But you know, again, everything changed everything. (laughs) Uh, In addition to having a new baby, there was, you know, a bit of time where I did go back to work after my maternity leave, I had to go back and we got all our ducks in a row. And I did a runway of about six months into like, okay, I have six months from now to again, make that little side business, our 
secondary income for our family. That was such a driving motivation. So that whole time period was very consumed by just I'm bound and determined to leave this job in June of 2013, as I do the math on the fly. But after after that, after I did leave the job, and after I was at home with Stella full time, and after I was trying to run a business all by myself with a one year old baby, surprise, I got pregnant again, uh, with (laughs) our son, John William. And that was uh, 2013, summer of 2013. So the third John for anyone who's keeping track. Yes, yes, (laughs) the third John. So, you know, as you go back, it's like everything was changing by the hour. (laughs) So it wasn't, um, I didn't even have time, so to speak, to sit and lament about how much had changed from the old. It was like everything was so crazy and busy that I don't feel like I gave, I don't feel like that really hit me until I had John William, our son. And he was born in 2014. And I'm just going to kind of like flash forward to touch point on depression and kind of a sense of self. And I, I just feel like everything between like Stella being born and John being born was just such a firestorm of things going on all the all the time. And after I had him, I think that was the first time that life the dust settled and it was like you could sit down and look ahead and know that this was going to be our reality going forward. And that was Uh, It was hard, I guess, just in a sense of like, my God, we have two kids now to keep alive and help thrive and provide, you know, a nice life for them and for ourselves. And I guess, I think in hindsight, as I look at it, there was a lot of responsibility that I felt all at one time, kind of landing on my shoulders. And I was never officially diagnosed with postpartum depression by a doctor and I never officially went to counseling or therapy for it. But most definitely, I experienced that after having him. And I I mean, I don't even know how to describe it other than anyone who has ever experienced depression knows it's just this inexplicable, excuse me, just kind of a cloud and like your energy is gone and your happiness is gone and you know it's gone, but you don't know what to do to get it back. And it was just kind of an ever-present sadness that would, you know, creep in and linger for sometimes a couple hours, sometimes a couple days, sometimes a week. And the only way that I got through that was it was twofold. It was John, my husband, John was incredibly supportive. And he would make it a point to this sounds harsh, but he did it in the most loving way to like hold me accountable for my feelings and for he would hold me accountable to sharing with him how I was feeling. And if that meant like sit on the couch and cry or sit on the couch and be mad at me because you don't want to talk about it, like whatever, um, however you need to get that out. But he was very, very, very supportive in that way. And I know that helped me through 
you know, what for some spirals into a lot more of, you know, a painful situation than thankfully it was for me. And then the second um, blessing that I had at that point in my life was I had connected with a group of moms who we all had our first children within the same six months of each other or so. And at the time, it was about a dozen other women. And we would get together, I would say, two or three times a week. And it was just get together and let our babies eat sand and dirt. And we were just like, I mean, imagine a mom's group. If you can imagine like a stereotypical mom's group, we would just literally sit around and half of us are breastfeeding and half of us are crying and half of us are chasing our kids. But um, having that outlet as a, a support, a support system of just for better, for worse, we came from 12 completely different backgrounds and we were thrust together as friends but we had in common that we all had these crazy ass babies <laughs> we could just you know support each other and know that you know if nothing else there are 12 women literally within my arms reach literally who know exactly how i feel and i can't imagine any replacement for that at that point in my life you were able to be open with them and, and they would share openly like what so much. the struggles were. Yeah. So much. And I Because that's not always the case, is it, right? No. Sometimes people I feel so lucky. I've you know, I've talked with people over the past ten years um who have not been able to find a similar support system. And I don't know if that's purely luck of the draw. I mean that's another topic for another day. But relationships take work and friendships take work. And it did take a lot of work to get two babies out of the house and go to the playground, even when you didn't feel like it, or to have a mom crying and needing to talk to you for an hour when you, quote, didn't really have the time or like it wasn't a good time. Um, or, you know, a mom is sick and needs six of us to deliver dinners to her. And it was kind of like, it just, it became like a third family to me. The luck, the lucky draw of that group was that the majority of us and the group has dwindled in size somewhat over the past 10 years. But I would say we have of maybe 12, we still have eight of us who we go camping with all of our families twice a year. And we actually just were together for New Year's Eve camping, um, about 10 of us which was really, really fun. But I, I'm so fortunate to have had them to support me and to still have them. What a what a blessing to have that support. I've had the pleasure of meeting these women and they are incredible. Many of them are also business owners. So there's kind of like a dual support there. I think that, I mean, I don't have kids, but if I were to imagine a perfect scenario, it's just the same as in business. When you have a mastermind or you have a group of people who you surround yourself with, who understand what you're going through, who can support you through the tough times, who can provide resources and recommendations for you when you need them. And like you found that in that group. And I totally agree with you. I mean, I think that's with to your point, every relationship in life, like you get out what you put in. It's not easy. These women didn't just show up at your door knocking and be like, Cara, please come hang out with us. Like you had to go find them. You had to put in the time and the work and the energy and the love. And 
Um, I think it's awesome that you had that and that you still have that today. How special to still be friends with these women and to have your kids grow up as friends. That's so cool. Yeah, it is a gift. And that something else that comes to mind just as we're talking about all of this is how important it is to have, you know, as a support structures within your life who are not just your spouse or not just one friend or just having a diverse point of view a diversity in your commonalities. So for example, with a lot of the moms, I would never show up with the kids to sit down and like talk business strategy. Like we would never do that. And thank God I had an entire group of friends, um, the two of you included, who I knew I could sit down and talk about business with. And I could never talk about business with my husband in terms of like strategy and tactics and you know, that type of conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I can't get that type of support from him. And I can't get the type of support from him that I can from another woman who has a baby, he doesn't understand in the same way. And that's been I mean, I have only the people closest to me to thank for everything I have now. Because without all of those the diversity of support systems in my life, especially over the past 10 years. I mean, I think that's really the key to like having a a sense of fulfillment and a sense of support in, you know, a world that can just feel completely out of your control sometimes. Absolutely. And another, another reminder that comes to mind is that things are not always what they seem. So, you know, you know, at the time when I this going back to when the last time we were hanging out, even what I said in in our introduction, Kara's got this appearance of, you know, cool, calm and collected and 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 it's not that it's not genuine and it's not, you know, you were being fake or anything like that, but there's stuff going on in the background and so I mean, thank you for being so open and so vulnerable and for sharing you know, all the things that were actually really going on because I think so many women can relate who are in a very similar situation. So how how did you, you know, work on your business and grow your business and start your business and all of that when you're, when you're dealing with this and you're, you're raising two kids, you've got a husband who's working, you know, there's probably household stuff that you're managing as well. To, just to clarify the timeline, Stella is born in June. I am off work until November. From November of 2012 until June of 2013, I did go back to that corporate job. And I spent those seven months literally building the bones and the basic structure of the business that I still run today. Uh, and it at the time, it was solely product-based. It was all wedding product-based. And so I would... Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone I used to work with. (laughs) (laughs) I would sit at my desk with spreadsheets. I would run home on my lunch break and take product photos. And then I would go back to the office and like Photoshop product photos. I built my website there on my cell phone. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Talk about a side hustle. I was going to say, are you talking about a side hustle here? <laughs> oh my God. 
total, literally the definition of a side hustle. And I was trying to do it while I was on the clock at my actual job. And again, that (laughs) meant like working from my cell phone that was like on my lap hidden under my desk. It was crazy. I don't, honestly, I don't know how I did it. That's mama therapy. That's like, (laughs) yeah, you're working hard. You're working two jobs pretty much, three jobs, four jobs. I mean, include family and all that. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of like the background structure of that business, that was my time to do that. When once I left work though, and I'm with Stella, and then John William comes along a year later. That, I mean, gosh, John Lamorato is getting so much credit here because it's deserved. I could never have done it without all of his support. And had we not, as you know, as a couple, had the true philosophy of splitting parenting duties and splitting house duties and splitting grocery shopping and literally not even splitting sometimes, sometimes, you know, it's not always perfect 50-50. Like sometimes he's doing more than I am in one category and I'm doing more than he is in another. But, you know, if we had taken like an old school traditional view of it, where like John has the real job and I have the baby, you know, and John comes home from his real job and he needs a break because he's been, quote, at work all day. So I'm still stuck with the baby. And like, it never would have worked. Never would have worked. So, I, you know, he would come home at 2.30 from school and he would literally take Stella and like go to the park with her and go grocery shopping with her and clean the house with her. And then that's when I would punch in and really work. But from what I love about that time and makes me so happy is from the time we woke up in the morning until John came home, you know, in the early afternoon to take over the baby duty, um, we would do fun stuff together. We'd go to the zoo, we'd go to SeaWorld, we had a children's museum membership, we would go to the playground, we'd meet with our friends and let the kids run around and play. So it was like a perfect, perfect world. It was the best of both. It was having experiencing that true, they call it quote, stay at home mom. Um, Just being with your child for all the fun stuff. And then husband comes and takes her, which incidentally was at like her grumpy time of day when they like (laughs) start to get tired and it's getting time for bed. And like he would do, you know, the bulk of that so that I had that quiet mental time and space to actually work, which again, is like equally important for both of us. Because if I had not been able to do that, I'll just, you know, spoiler alert, we could not, and still to this day cannot live in San Diego, California on one teacher salary. That isn't possible. (laughs) So we had no choice but to make it work. Well, that's why, okay, I can't believe that we're actually like running short on time right now. I feel like I could continue talking for another hour plus. Um, But I'm thinking about like all your guys' support for one another. One thing I've admired about you and John and your family in general is you guys seem to be just like so on the same page. And I think that your guys' communication about 
how you run your household, how you want your family to interact together. Um, and this kind of trade off that you're talking about of like, you know, you, you go all in with the kids and you're a hundred percent. And then John goes all in with the kids and, and he's a hundred percent. And that allows you guys to be a hundred percent in other areas of your life. I think that's so critical. And just from, well, from somebody who's very close to you guys, I kind of see this as being the building blocks of what allows you guys to have this full life of having that quality family time together, you running your business, your John being at his job. And I know that he loves his job so much. I know he's so passionate about teaching and what he does there. Um, your kids are both like super active and play all the sports. <laughs> so you guys like truly have just like the most packed full, amazing schedule. And I know you guys love it. Um, what it, like, what was the turning point in, and, and your businesses have had such a massive progression too. I mean, you went from that side hustle to opening up an entire Etsy store to then running your own website to launching your own podcast, which I, we haven't even gotten to talk about half of this stuff. You helped me plan my dream wedding. Like <laughs> that basically there's not anything that Cara doesn't do for anyone tuning in. <laughs> but like, what was the shift of? Was there ever a point where it felt like that this is working? Like everything's working. We've, we've got it down. Like John has his, his work. He loves it. I have my work. I love it. We've got the kids. The kids are in sports. They're going to school. We, we take family vacations. We live in this amazing house. Like was there a shift where you were just like, wow, like we've, we did it. I feel like we, for so many years of the kids being at home full time before they started school, um, both of our kids being in school full time was kind of a big benchmark for John and I personally in terms of like, okay, at that point, and honestly, like, without really defining it this way in a literal way, but I think in the back of my mind, it felt like, okay, if I can cobble this business together and let this wagon speed down the hill without all the wheels falling off. If I can just do that until the kids are in school full time, then like that I'll have made it like that's it. That's <laughs> all I want is to be able to stay home with them until John William is in kindergarten full time five days a week. And Stella's in second grade and life is good. Like we did it. And at that point, if there's some catastrophe and I have to go get a quote real job, it'll be fine because the kids are in school. And like, thankfully, that didn't happen. <laughs> we, <laughs> we're still, um, I mean, and I'll share this like in a nutshell, I could talk about this for another two hours. Um, but because I know that so many people listening, especially parents will relate to so John Williams started kindergarten in the fall of 2019. So that's our like celebratory moment when both the kids are in school full time. And then of course, wah, wah, flash forward to March of 2020 and COVID oh strikes gosh. and school is shut down. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, again, that's like a totally separate two hour conversation. But that was kind of, you know, personally and uh, emotionally and business wise, like that was a pretty big setback. You know, thankfully, 
I feel like everything has been restored and repaired back to pre 2020 mental energy levels and like the kids are back in school. But you know, that's it's that's all about your internal state too. Like you can have it all anytime you want just by pausing and being grateful for the relationships and the love and all of the experiences up to this point. So, I mean, that's a daily practice I have too of taking, you know, a pause and of course there could always be more. Like you could always make more money and you could always create more time for yourself and you could always make better dinners and you could always take a bigger and better trip next time, but just pausing and taking a step back and being so so grateful for everything that we have right now is really really important to both of us to John and myself. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And knowing what's enough. I mean, everybody has their what's enough for them, right? And doesn't always have to be more. Some people are very happy with exactly what they have. So I kind of fell upon um, I fell upon an idea years and years ago. And it was like, we will be truly successful when we have all of the things that we need and a lot of the things that we want. Mm. That's true today. And I hope that it continues to be true. I know it will. Ah, Cara, this has been so incredible. Thank you so much for being so open, so vulnerable, sharing your journey with us. We're so grateful. Before we jump off today, can you please share with our friends where they can reach out to you, connect with you, see what you have going on? Definitely. So I am not huge on social media. That's kind of something that I gave up when I had kids, incidentally, just <laughs> for the sake of, of time. Uh, Business-wise, I produce and host the Wedding Planning Podcast. And if you are engaged or planning a wedding or you know someone who is, I would absolutely love love, love for you to visit. Uh, the website is weddingplanningpodcast.co. And then from there, you'll find links to everything else. Awesome. I can vouch for Cara's wedding planning expertise. <laughs> if you spot Thank the you. Co- cover art, you'll recognize a familiar face on the cover art. <laughs> Yes, right. just updated today, actually. Woo-hoo. Yes, yes it's ma'am. beautiful. I saw Kate and her John on there. <laughs> uh, I love it. That was, again, another, let's have another two-hour conversation about their wedding and oh, what an goodness. amazing experience that all was. Ah, so much good stuff to get to. It was so fun to talk with both of you. Thank you so much. And I always say and think that your parents, both your parents did such a great job with both of you. You're two beautiful human beings. So, yeah. That's an incredible compliment. Yeah. Thank you. From the heart. Well, friends, as we close out today's chat on having kids and running a business with Cara, we hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate can relate on their Facebook favorite podcast app. Until next time.